Good evening and welcome to QU Hot Takes. Oh my goodness gracious me. It is about time, folks. We finally, finally are here for QU Hot Takes. It is Wednesday. It is 7.04. We're a little bit late. First time back in the studio. But this time, I'm in studio with Andrew Marshall. Kevin couldn't make it. But Andrew Marshall hasn't been here in about a year. We have Justin on the phone. Justin, can you say hello? Can we hear you? Uh, You can hear me perfectly clear. Glad to be back. Hopefully there's no interruptions to our show this semester. Yeah, that would be awesome. And I hear you as well. Marshall, how does it feel to finally be in here, man? Oh, it's great to be back. It's it's been way too long. Really happy to be here. Sad that Kevin's not going to be here, but... That's the world we're living in. Yeah, that is the world we're living in. Much love to Kev. Obviously, we'll get him on the phone at some point this semester. A little bit of technical difficulties today for him. But nonetheless, QU Hot Takes will ride on with the three of us. So let's get after it, boys. Um, For those of you that maybe haven't been paying attention, uh, the radio station hasn't been able to produce anything for the past couple of months. People went home and whatnot. So we're back, though. And here it goes. We have some crazy stuff going on, but we can start first with the playoffs that have been going on. Uh, The Super Bowl is obviously this coming Sunday. We'll talk about that in just a sec. But to start it off, in everybody's opinion, what was the best playoff game so far this year? I say so far because there's technically one more playoff game left. We will go to Justin. Favorite playoff game, toughest playoff game, however you want to take it, go for it. I got to say, we... There was a lot of matches this year that were um, very separate apart, very one-sided in my opinion, but one game that did not seem one-sided at all was that Chiefs-Browns game. I mean, with Patrick Mahomes being taken out of the game and Chad Henney coming in, I mean, Henney's proven capability at times as a backup, but like this is a whole different level of situation. And I mean, he went out there and he did his job. I mean, Andy Reid is a great coach, and the way he managed that game with Chad Henney in there, it was Almost as if it was Alex Smith almost. It kind of reminded me of Alex Smith when he was on the Chiefs. So getting that kind of production out of Chad Henney, um, I I was very satisfied by the game. And the Browns put on a great show this season as well as in that final playoff game. So really happy with the Browns and the Chiefs game. We'll go to Marshall. I know your boys, the Bills, they made it far. I know it's probably a tough ending for yourself, but they made it far. So what's your take? You know, I think I got to go with Green Bay-Tampa. And it's not because it was like a traditionally great game. I think it's just the magnitude of that game. It's further on in the playoffs. And I wanted to go Buffalo and the Colts, but there was some, like, slowness to that game. I mean, the Colts probably ran mesh, like, 15 times. And that's what that's what you're seeing when it's just, like, short crossing route, ding, 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 ding. So I don't think the actual, like, scheme part of that game was interesting. I I think the second half of the Green Bay-Tampa was what kind of made it really interesting with Brady throwing picks and them starting to come back and then the decision not to go for it. So, Um, But I don't think think we had a playoff game so far that was as good as, like, when you saw Kansas City-New England and the AFC Championship game. I don't think there was a game of, like, of that level. Yeah, where an offsides call kind of blows the game, huh? Yeah, seriously. Jeez. Um, actually, I'll ask, I'll ask your opinion since you brought it up. Uh, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but is that an easy go-for-it call in that game that they didn't go for it? Uh, like, they lost the game before that, but I, I would have I would have gone for it. Um, because, like, you're going to – you still have to score a touchdown if you kick the field goal. That's like, true. you need a stop and another touchdown. So, like, being that close, like, even if you don't get it, you have a shorter field to work with. But, um, you know, Green Bay lost that game before that decision. Justin, you had a pretty big opinion on that too, right? Or am I mistaken? Uh, I completely agree that like it should have been gone for. I mean, maybe it's just the Madden player in me, but <laughs> there, there, there's no way that on that kind of call you don't send Aaron Rodgers out there to do it. I mean, it literally just looks like a forfeit to me. I just don't see any situation like in that spot specifically that they would have been able to make it back, like unless something extreme happened and unexpected. It just it's it's like they looked at the game and were like, "Hey, this is the thing you should do on a textbook." And even then, I'm pretty sure some teenager scribbled it in a textbook, like they <laughs> do in high school. That's what it felt like. It felt like let's look at the textbook. Yeah, someone wrote that. I I'll believe it. I I just can't. I couldn't fathom the call, and even now I can't even think of the words to put it together. It was just so out there. 
I, I get you. I get you. No worries. And I, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to have to. I mean, I, I, I thought the Browns and Chiefs game uh, in agreement with you, Justin, so I won't really elaborate. That game was intense. Uh, super crazy all the way up until the end, and the Chiefs got it done, and look where they are now. So That Browns-Steelers game was pretty fun, though, too. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I'm sure you did. As the, You know what? Here it is, Justin. Here it is. This is me. This is it. Everybody who's listening right now, I am giving credit to Justin Ellis. Very, very early on in this season, we had a show, as we did all semester, and Justin made it very obvious that the Browns were better than the Steelers. I was not on that board, one, as a biased Steelers fan, and two, the Steelers were actually producing pretty well. I don't know if that made Justin sweat a little bit when they were winning all the games in the beginning, but after that, they lost almost everything. They were miserable, and you were, in the end, ultimately correct, and there you go. Okay. Okay, but uh, I really think Dwayne Haskins is going to turn the team around for you, Whitey. Yeah, he will certainly not. And that's, you know what? I'm going to say this one more last thing, too, and then I'll drop it. Um, I've made it very clear to this show for the past two years, uh, probably more so than when I say that I'm a Steelers fan, that I do not like Dwayne Haskins as a player or even his character. I'm hoping, though, that I've seen some th- certain things after this signing. I mean, he's been given a new life here, being able to go to the Steelers organization. He's matured a little bit, at least on social media. So I don't know if that'll take it somewhere, but I will give him a shot. But no, I was not happy. Do they have a lot of strip clubs in Pittsburgh? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. You could ask James Harden if he's ever been there. Who knows? Um, and, yeah, it's something I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Sunday is the big game. It's the Super Bowl, as we all know. So I guess we'll just really quickly. I'm going to ask both of you who you think is going to win. And tell me why. We will go to Justin first, followed by Marsh. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think they've had the best back half to their season. They played some close games, um, like the teams like the Falcons. And honestly, I don't think that Browns game should not have been as close as it was either. I don't think 22. I, I like the Browns defense, but I don't think 22 points is what you want from the Chiefs in that situation. So, though they've been kind of on the downswing, uh, I just think Patrick Mahomes is too clutch. He's too good. The Bucks have a lot of good pieces, but I think you're asking a lot out of Brady at this point to win. I would expect the only situation would be if Brady probably threw for like 400 yards and three touchdowns would be the situation the Bucks might win. I just don't see Brady being at the high enough level he needs to be to go head-to-head with Mahomes. It's a fair point. Marshall, your take. Yeah, so I'm also going with Kansas City here. Um, I wrote that the backup tackles uh, are concerning. Schwartz might be able to go, but probably not. He, he's been out for a really long time. But if he could, that'd be huge. Um, we've seen so like we've seen Kansas City execute like their short passing game whenever defenses kind of hedge against the deep pass when they're playing two safeties back uh, with really light box counts. And I think that Tampa is so um, confident in their – confident in their front four to stop the run that they're going to they're going to play two safeties back. They played one safety back um when Tyreek Hill was going off and you saw some of those deep crossing routes just attacking uh open areas of the field. So, Kansas City's great at coaching up offensive line. The names on their offensive line are not great. The last time we saw Mike Remmers in a Super Bowl, he was getting killed by Von Miller and <laughs> so and now he's like 5 years older, so um the the other things I'm thinking about are like the blood the Bucks like blitzing tendencies they blitz a lot they like five man six man pressures uh, they blitz like 38 percent of the time which is very high it's like it's up there with the Steelers um, and so like a guy like Devin White is great but like he's the best thing he can do is like run sideline to sideline so if you're running outside zone like the Packers did or if you're not great at like picking up protections. White's going to wreak havoc, but one of the underrated part or one of the overrated parts of his game, like one of his flaws that's not talked about, is he does not have good zone awareness, like feeling defenders behind his back when they're behind him, and like you got to deal with Mahomes and Kelsey, like that's 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 the dude that you have to deal with. So, um, I got a bet on the on Kansas. I made a bet for the AFC team to win at like minus one twenty last week, but now the Kansas City money line is like minus one seventy. So nice for I, you. <laughs> so, like it, it's good to get the bet in like a week early, but I, I 
I don't really know if there's like a sharp play on this game. I, I think you have to bet like other angles of this game besides like who actually wins because the Bucks do have a talented team. Yeah, you might you might have to go for the uh, the national anthem. You know? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> the coin the coin flip, <laughs> the coin flip. That'll give you your best shot. Fifty fifty. Just kidding. We are not encouraging any of this. Um, I am. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'll, I'll say juice because that's what I was going to say. I know that's lame here uh, to, to just go three three and out here. Um, but I I've been saying no to the Buccaneers the entirety of this year, so I feel like I'd be kind of lame to just all of a sudden say the Buccaneers are going to win. <laughs> um, I can admit that I've been wrong all the way until now, but I am a man of my word, and I'm not going to say that they're going to win. Um, I find that if Brady plays anywhere close to how miserably he played against the Packers, they will lose by over 20. I, I don't see you know a guy like Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that just not capitalizing as, as horrifically and uh, as, as Aaron Rodgers was just unable to do at the end of that game. Heck of a game until the end, but he just really he just couldn't turn it around. So, but I don't really see Mahomes making that mistake for himself. Um, so that's it. Super Bowl. Q hot takes. All of us think the Chiefs are going to take it. Um, we'll find out, and we'll get back to it next Wednesday. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about the game. So good luck to all. Moving on, though, in the NFL talk, we have the trade between the Lions and the Rams. Now, uh, Marshall, I'm pretty sure you you know more about you know the logistics of the trade. So you do want to you know walk us through that and then kind of give us your take on who won that trade. So I think both teams can win a trade, which seems like a lame take. If you made me pick a side, I would say the Rams because they now have new life. Like, are they going to win a Super Bowl? I don't know. It's really hard to project. Like, oh, you're definitely going to win a Super Bowl. We say that with a lot of teams. Um, they gave up two ones that are going to be late. They, they don't have their one this year, so it's 2022 and 2023. It's a it's a great move for Detroit because this really jumpstarts their rebuild, but those are not going to be blue-chip players. Like, in the 20s, like, you want to be able to find, like, a Brandon Ayuk. You're not finding, like, you know, like, Jamar Chase is not going to be there or Derek Brown or Chase Young. Like, those players that can just change your franchise, like, on the on the open market, they probably make $20 million and they're on a $6 million contract for four or five years. Like that's that's like how you jumpstart your team. So, I think both teams win. I'm a lot lower on Goff than other people. It's not that he can't be a functional quarterback. It's just I just don't think he's a really tough player. And I think that like with the right scheme, you can make him look good. But like any time that scheme scheme fails you, like Goff's averaging 4.1 yards per attempt at the play the 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 pass attempt after he takes a sack, which is the worst in the league. And so, like, once you start to rattle him, it's, it usually doesn't go great. For Detroit, like, it's two ones and a three. Like, the, it's two top 32 picks, and it's probably, like, pick 83 or whatever in the third round. So, like, you're going to get some good talent. It's, a good, it's really a good move for both sides. The Rams don't care about first-round picks, but, like, you've got to make the most of Aaron Donald's career. Like, you've got the best three-tech three defensive tackle of all time. So, like, and you got Jalen Ramsey in a, in a great coach. So, <sighs> yeah, like, I, I would lean the Rams just because they now have new life. That was a, that was a great stat. Where where did you find the stat of the, the, the yards per attempt after getting hit? Is that uh, Yeah, like, it's like um, you can filter out plays. It's called, like, NFL Jesus, G-S-I-S. <laughs> yeah, everyone, it, it's just, like, a way you can kind of track stats. But uh, that was that's a good one. Yeah, I like, I, that, I like one. that one. I was like, ah, I don't have a stat to prove my point. No, that was a, that was a great one. Uh, kudos to you. All right, J-Dog, give it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite side of this and say that I think the Lions came out on top. And it's definitely not because of Jared Goff. I, I'm <laughs> as anti-bullish on him as you all are, Mark. Uh, there's, he's not meant to win a Super Bowl, and he showed that when he was in the Super Bowl. But um, Yikes. Jared Goff's entire talent has been from Sean McVay, and that's the reason why all of these coaches from Sean McVay's team are ending up with all these head coaching and other major jobs is because Sean McVay knows how to put together a coaching staff and does a great job with what he does. He's probably been a top-five coach every year since he's been in the league, in my opinion. So when I look at this trade, though, I question what Stafford's real ability is. I know we've looked at Stafford and been he's been on Detroit all these years. He hasn't – the team's never done well. But Stafford has always looked decent, and I agree with those sentiments that – Stafford is 100% upgrade from Goff, but 
when I think about it, I'm thinking about the fact that there is some unknown with that. What does Stafford look like on a higher-powered offense and a higher-powered team as a whole that really gives him the supporting staff that he's been lacking for years? And what I think is is that you're going to get something vaguely similar to what Jared Goff looked like I, when he was good. I'll say when Jared Goff, the year they went to the Super Bowl, that's what I'm kind of expecting from Stafford. A very strong vertical offense, three wide receiver sets, all the same stuff. Stafford's going to look great because he has the weapons he needs. But at the end of the day, how far does that take you in a tough NFC West that is way better than it was when the Rams made that run? And an NFC that honestly has a lot of moving parts. Um, I mean, I still think Dallas, if they re-sign Prescott and he's anywhere close to as healthy, they're a huge component. Um, if the Packers maintain Rodgers, we don't know what the 49ers quarterback situation is going to look like. Um, Arizona is young and improving. Seattle needs to get right, but could if, if they can get right, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, the Rams may look like a good team and may be considered a Super Bowl contender now, but... At the same time, are they even going to win the NFC West? It's a question that's really hard to answer right now, just with how tough that division is. Probably one of the best divisions in football this past season, if not the best. But on the other end, you have a ton of draft picks now for the Lions and a lot of room to improve. I don't expect them to have a great season this year. so They end up with a top pick this year possibly take a quarterback next year. And with more first-rounders, you solidify an offensive line You that supports DeAndre Swift. You build on the wide receivers. Your defense isn't bad at this point. I think the defense is a tiny bit underrated by the league, and I think there is a lot of improvement that's going to happen. And now under new coaching and management, um, management being the Rams' um, head of college scouting, I think there's a very good opportunity for them to be in it for probably an NFC North title, I would say, in three years, considering Rodgers will very possibly be out of the league. The Vikings are never going to be in it with Kirk Cousins, and <laughs> the Bears seem to want to marry Mitch Trubisky until they don't all of a sudden at the beginning of every season. <laughs> you know, good, they're good points, Justin. They're, they're, they're good points. I think the Lions definitely are going to work out in that situation or at least get better for themselves. The only thing I'll toss out there is, I've, and I, I think you probably agree with this, but, you, you know, you haven't seen him play on a new team. But, you know, I see Stafford as almost infinitely better than, than Jaron Goff, at least when it comes to talent. Um but you're right in terms of it's a, it's a completely different offense and all that stuff. So it, it probably will take a little bit for us to even know how he'll do. Um, I find the wide receivers to be more shifty on the Rams to be better. I find the defense to be almost twice as good. I mean, the Rams defense is kind of the only reason why they went anywhere this year. And, and because of that, I think it might put a little bit less pressure on Stafford. So his numbers may not be too crazy, but I find that he'll probably be winning tons of games for them and taking them pretty far. Um, and honestly, I, I know their cap space is kind of an issue, the Rams, for this coming offseason, but I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make some sort of move to get like a Galladay or Marvin Jones um, just just to kind of like bring them over there, you know, uh, as a, a partnership with Stafford, if you will. But I don't really know how the money would work or really if they want to do that, but I, I think that might be a good idea for, for Stafford at least. Yeah, and I think, Honestly, I think the person who might benefit the most with Stafford there is actually Cam Akers. I think it's actually going to open up the field a lot more. And Cam Akers already had an amazing past season, but I think he's a top three rusher this next season with Stafford there. I think he's going to get way more opportunity out there, and it's going to be way easier for the Rams to give Cam Akers the ball because the field's going to be so open from Stafford's ability. Wow, top three. That's a that's a big take. I, I do I get what you're saying though. I get what you're saying. He's gonna be much better because of that. That's awesome. I wish him luck, the youngster, if you will. All right. So because of that, uh what Stafford is worth in this situation, what do we think Deshaun Watson's worth is? I know it's a little bit confusing that he kinda wants to go to the Jets. At least I was alarmed. Maybe you guys weren't alarmed, um when I originally read that. But what do we think he's worth? Where do we think he should go? Where do you think he will go? I'll ask kind of all those questions. Marshall, you want to start it off? 
So I think the Jets are the most likely landing spot because the Dolphins are in a weird situation. Um, I know that we're not as high on Tua. I was lukewarm on him in the draft process. You were lower. I, I think the reality is probably closer to what you thought than what I thought. So props to you. Um, well, I was just being mean. We love seeing <laughs> we love seeing college athletes fail early in the NFL. <laughs> we love it. No, uh, no, we're, no, that's we're not kidding. true at all, actually. But um, I mean, Watson's the real deal. From like from a traditional scouting standpoint, he doesn't have this like rocket arm. He's not as like straight line fast as I think people might think. He's like a high four six, low four seven guy. But like he's got he just got magic to his game. He's just good. He's just a great player. Um, the problem is if you, his price is going to be so high, I think it's going to be like pick two and three more ones. It's going to be it's going to be ridiculously high to where if you trade those picks, it's hard to build up your team because now you have Watson, but you don't have the rest of the team. So I've thought about this a lot. If I'm the Jets, I probably just try to take a quarterback. Like I I, I try my luck and I build up the rest of the team and hope that those extra part because like. If my team was better, I'd just be like, yeah, trade trade for Watson. But, like, I don't think my team's that good. And if you add Watson, you're never going to have, like, the high picks that you need to, like, eventually get to where you want to. But, like, I mean, like, he, he is the real deal. He He's absolutely everything that you want. But, like, I, I just don't think Houston's going to trade him either. Uh, here's, here's a question I have for Marshall before I swing it over to Justin. And, Justin, you could even give an opinion on this, too, when you give your spiel. Um you mentioned just kind of taking the draft. The Jets have some pretty good picks. Um, I I have a, a Jets friend who's who told me this, and this is what he wants, and I'll relay it to you. He says he wants Sewell at number two and trade number 23 and a later rounder or whatever left to get Zach Wilson also in the first round, if that's possible. Uh, he, he just thinks that those two guys would make a difference, and he thinks it's worth whatever the extra draft picks are after that. I just want to ask what your opinion is. Uh, I think there's a, a tackle that is a little better than Sewell. Uh, Interesting. This, yeah, and I, that's not a very popular opinion, but I think this Rayshon Slater kid from Northwestern shut down four NFL-caliber rushers, Chase Young, Epinesa, Zach Bond, um, and Kenny Willick, who isn't that good, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but he uh, He's not flashy. He does not have the like physical athleticism that Sewell has because what Sewell has is physically rare, and if Sewell develops, Sewell will be better than Slater, I think. But Slater, I, I just ha- I think that they're very close. I think that Slater might be a better like he might be a little like safer to me, which is kind of like so like I I think the most value that you could have at two is taking one of these quarterbacks because I think one of these three is going to be good. I'm still trying to figure out which one, <laughs> but like if your staff like has like you have the like the pick of the rest and it's actually a pretty good QB two for through four. I think it's better than most years. So, like, I would be on board for trading 23 and another pick to move up to draft, like, uh, Slater or Christian Derrissaw. Sewell is a great player. He's one of the freakier tackles that we've seen in a while. There's just minor things in his game. But, like, he's still a great prospect. And then use two to get the quarterback. Yeah, so, like, I I think it would just be a little cheaper for you that way. Yeah. All right, Justin, I know we just slammed a lot before you, but but give your thing. Yeah, I just – if I'm the Jets – the Jets are where I also agree is the most likely landing spot for Deshaun Watson right now. But if I'm the Jets GM, I'm going to stand firm and use my picks and see what I get. I have Deshaun Watson valued at the Jets first rounder this year, first rounder next year, and the first round of the year after that, plus the Jets second rounder this year. So they would still retain the Seahawks pick is where I value it at right now. But It's really tough. I honestly think that there's a kind of aura you create when you add someone like Deshaun Watson to the team. Yes. But I'm beginning to wonder what that aura feels like after how disgruntled he was with Houston. Like, coming to New York, how is he going to feel better? I don't know what he expects (laughs) to get from this. I feel like... The Empire State Building. (sighs) Even though it's in New Jersey. But anyway, go on. I just feel like if the Jets really felt passionate about Deshaun Watson, they maybe would have waited on their head coach or asked the head coach that question. And I'm wondering if they did ask the head coach that question. Filet, I I don't know. Is that a question you ask in the interview when you decide on a guy? Like, what direction do you want to go with quarterback? Obviously, it is a question, but with someone like Deshaun Watson there, 
I think his answer to that question was really important. And the fact that nothing has really seemed to come out, like I know there's phone calls being fielded, but I feel like at this point there would have been something more firm about if Deshaun Watson might get traded. Like I feel like by now we would have had like a leak about how many first-rounders the Jets have offered up to this point for Deshaun Watson. So I'm a bit unsure what's really going to happen with the situation. Watson really might just sit there and – Maybe he'll sit out the season. The Texans really don't seem to want to trade him. And I honestly think that NFL teams are going to sit on it until the Texans' buying price comes down. Because I'm sure they want four first-rounders right now. And I don't think they're going to get it. And I think all the NFL teams know that they're not going to get him for that price. So they're going to sit here, let Deshaun Watson's values go down, let the Texans sit there and be like, oh my God, we got to do something. And then eventually... He's probably on the Jets. Probably a bad move for the Jets, in my opinion. And the Texans, I think, get a fresh start the whole way around. I, I'm very bullish on whoever ends up with those Jets picks. I, I, th- I think Justin. T- I, I think that Justin, you t- you touched on a really good point, which was, how is it going to be any better when he's in New York? The Texans <laughs> and the Jets are more similar than I think people realize. Like, like you got the left tackle down, like Beckton and Tunsil. You've got one receiver, like, Mims is super promising. I am all the way in him on, on, on Mims after I saw the Charger game. Oh, yeah. Just him kill Casey Hayward. He had, like, 80 yards, but, like, three PIs, like, that were obvious. Um, I, like, outside of those guys, that's, like, what you have. <laughs> and, that, like, you need, a, you need a team. You don't just need one quarterback. So, and there's no saying that, like, the quarterback that you could get at two is not going to be like a really good player. He might be. Yeah, and the, the last thing I'll say about it, uh, from the my Jets friend Dante, um, he refuses to, okay, I can't say refuse, he's not the GM, but he really just doesn't want Justin Fields at that pick. He said he's going to be pissed if, if they take Justin Fields. He'd rather Zach Wilson at, at two, which I thought was an interesting take. I mean, I've never been high on Justin Fields as an NFL caliber player. Uh, he just has a different type of play style that I don't think is going to work, but... I was just surprised that he was adamant that he's going to be very upset if Justin Fields is his second pick. So um, we'll see what they do. See what they do. Uh, you like yeah, Lance I'm still, actually, right? I, go on, Justin. Sorry. Go. I'll, I'll even add, I'm going to be very hot take and say I am highest on Fields out of that quarterback class over Lawrence even. Really? I I don't know why it is. I feel that I did the same thing last year. I said I felt better about Hurts than Burrow, and I still kind of do. But I'm just not sold on Trevor Lawrence at this point. I mean, obviously he made a huge difference for that Clemson team. But I really think I'm looking for a quarterback at that pick. I'm looking for someone who has a lot of star capability. I honestly think Justin Fields could be a complete, utter sensation in his first year in the league. It's an interesting point. I'll let you keep that one. I will not agree with you, but that's okay. I will let you keep it. Um... It's a fair point. I, I find uh, accuracy to occasionally be a problem for him, but when he's on, he is certainly on. So I will give you that one. Um, okay, let's move on to. Oh, you know what? You were you already basically talked about this, so this is a great segue. So we're going into next football season. Let's just say the NFL draft's coming up. Just got to ask you guys what your favorite prospects are so far. Just a couple guys you think people should be looking at. I think the first fifteen picks are going to be pretty crazy this year. Actually, lots of talent. Uh, wide receivers, quarterbacks, uh, OTs, all of them. So we'll go with you, Marsh, whatever whatever you want to say about it. Uh, so I'll just give a couple names of guys I'm probably a little higher on consensus, but, like, some of these guys, they're, like, people already like them. It's not, it's not like, sure. who's the guy that no one's – people Jamar already... Chase is going to be a legend and nobody <laughs> thinks so. Yeah, right. it's like, congrats, everyone else thinks that. But um, I really like this Rashad Bateman kid out of Minnesota. He's got a lot of what I like in receivers that I, I, I've seen in A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. He's got some of those like mental abilities that I think are a little under the radar, and he, he's a really good player. I like Christian Darrisaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Um, he's like a 6'5 guy. He's actually built low to the ground, so when you turn on the tape, it looks like he's like 6'2". That's actually really good because it helps him with like leverage and... Um, kind of like sealing off guys and reach blocking people so like his build is very interesting and he had really good tape Slater I am I'm I am so high on Slater I I think he's got everything you need and 
what he is not good at. Like, he's not a top-tier, like, obvious athlete. He doesn't just, like, kill shot block people like Sewell. Where Sewell, like, you can you can just watch him, like, in space, just, like, just kill DBs. Like, yeah. he's a rare physical specimen, but Slater has this level of control and intellect and, and like, other little details. Uh, I'm actually making a video on him, uh, which will be out Friday, I think. Sweet. Simply Sports Plug. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm really high on him, and I, I like Jalen Waddle a lot. I, oh, th- yeah. I think he's better than Ruggs. I think he's dynamic. I, I think if you add him and you can use him the right way, he- he's special, man. And I'll, I'll just I'll just speak before Justin just because you brought him up. I, I didn't know if Jalen Waddle was going to be considered a little bit too high in this discussion. Uh, but, I yeah, I think he's unreal. I was one yeah. of the guys I was going to yeah, say. You, you actually got me onto him. Yeah, he's... Um, like early, like before I think he even started playing. Well, what, what happened was he, he played um, like one game. I, for, I forget what the year was. One or two games... I mean, his freshman year back at the time when they had, like, everybody. You know, Ruggs, Judy, Smith, like, literally everybody. Yeah. And he was considered the, quote, last option, even though he's just not. Um, and, yeah, he's he's just – if he catches it, in the, in the, like, on a slant route, it's over. Like, yeah. if, he, if he has any sort of step, it's over. And he's just so fast, good hands, quick route running. So um, I was going to go with him. If you're a Giants fan, you'd be lucky if he if he lands oh, in that yeah, area. You'd be, you'd be so lucky. Um, otherwise, you got to pray for Kyle Pitts. But either way, um, so there you go for, for Kev. Do you have a Kyle Pitts take? Me? Yeah. I think he's great. Um, yeah, I, I came around to that. I was I was nitpicking the block at first, and I'm like, ah, he's huge, young. and I think he's fantastic. Yeah, and I, 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 I've come around him. I actually, and I don't think he drops, like, anything. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that's, you know, some tight ends yeah. in this league I, I can't catch. I see some catch. Darren Waller in his game. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's he, impressive, yeah. and I'm not even a Florida guy, and I'm giving him a lot of credit. And on top of that, this is crazy. I, I really don't like Florida, and here I'm going with the second guy. I think Darius Tony's going to be interesting. That's a, that's a good name. Um, I, I I think he's also super quick. I know he's small, but to me, I don't think small wide receivers are a big problem. Yeah. I.e. And I he's killed. So like, <laughs> yeah. it's not like he's 160 pounds or exactly. So yeah. I'd be looking at him if you want to look at a little bit more of a sleeper. I'm still thinking, you know, late first round, early yeah. second. But um, all right, Justin, go for it. You know, I don't. We literally just talked about him, but I don't know if. I, He's considered a sleeper. I don't think I would consider him a sleeper, but I don't think people are talking about Kyle Pitts enough. I really think that this guy is a generational talent. Like, there's no tight end that is going to be better than this guy for years, draft-wise, coming into the draft. It's just, like, I think about, like, how good TJ Hawkinson was. I think Kyle Pitts is, like, double TJ Hawkinson. He has the ability to come out and play wide receiver routes if he needs to. He can do it all out there. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if someone traded up for him who felt tight end needy and felt like that position would be the piece they need to make a playoff push. There are definitely some teams out there that I feel like would seriously consider Kyle Pitts and be like, this is the guy that will be the next Travis Kelsey. And I'll buy into that, too. Kelsey has a lot of wide receiver qualities to him, and I feel like Pitt fits those wide receiver qualities as well. The kind of quickness that he has coming off the line and off the snap and the kind of depth he can get on his routes. I mean, there's no one quite like Travis Kelsey, but if you're looking for, like, the next Travis Kelsey, uh, I'm willing to go all in on Kyle Pitt. Hey, Justin, before you, before you continue, if you were going to, I just want to back up what you're saying in terms of him considerably being – I guess you can say underrated, and even though I've seen a lot of things that people say he's going to the Giants at, what is that, 11 or 12? Um, but either way, I, I honestly think it's just due to the talent of this draft in terms of receiver core, and people are just looking at, you know, Smith and Chase and, and, and all these other guys as, you know, just prime opportunities like Lawrence as well, and then you got the OTs, and it's just, he's just fallen behind because of all the highlight real talents that other people are seeing, and in TJ Hawkinson's year, I know, like, it wasn't the worst draft class or whatever, but when it comes to, like, receiver cores, like, it just doesn't come to this type of year. So you're right. I, I think it's it's almost sad that Kyle Pitts has to be in this type of year where he may not be considered a top-10 pick to others, but you're right. I mean, that almost turns him into an underrated pick. Um, but I think that's why, if you had to take a stab at it. Yeah, and I think just with the tight end position in general for the longest time, and I think we still consider this, is that, People don't consider the tight end position flashy. The average tight end really doesn't mean much. They're they're blockers. So yeah. you see the guys like Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, and like they move the needle a tiny bit when people are like, 
Oh, yeah, he was on my fantasy team. Great tight end. <laughs> but now tight ends are becoming way more prevalent in this league, and I feel like drafts over the next two years are probably going to reflect that a tiny bit as more teams realize like how big of a deal a tight end can really be for a franchise. I mean, the Eagles, though not having the best season, I they had Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is probably gone, but they have Dallas Goddard walking in the door, and he's played incredibly so far. So I feel like the tight end value, honestly, might start to pick up a next over the next few years as more of these rookie tight ends begin to make a name for themselves. Yeah, definitely, and I think where the biggest point they come into is when you get those third downs and it's just, you know, I'm throwing it to a tight end. You know, a, t- a good tight end that you know is just going to catch it. You know, it's yeah. it's like looking at, I know he's not a tight end, but Devonta Adams on the Packers or Kelsey for, for the Chiefs. You're just looking at him to get you a first down, and that's crucial. I, I think Justin, it, like what Justin's touching on, like he's spot on with tight end value. Looking at these guys every year in the draft, it's just so hard. Like, last year was a terrible tight end class. I We we all knew that going in, and it, it's kind of disappointing when a class is just not as good at the position. It's like, <laughs> all right, like, you have to develop in this, 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 this. Um, but, like, tight end value, the way I view it, it's kind of like, it's all about matchups, obviously, which, which Justin touched on. But it's, like, exponential. It's like, if you can be above, like, a certain threshold, which there's only a couple players in the league, and that's why some people are interested on pits. I watched. I went back and watched um, uh, Travis Kelsey from like his Cincinnati tape. He the one difference that I see with Pitts and Kelsey is Kelsey was huge. He was like two hundred sixty pounds, and he looked huge. Um, and I think he actually got a little bit more nimble, like as he got into the league. And he should have gone higher, but there was some weird character stuff, which I don't know because I'm I'm not an NFL team. <laughs> um, but like. If you can get one of the top guys, they're actually better than the top receivers. I wouldn't trade a Kittle or a Kelsey for pretty much any receiver outside of, like, a Julio. Interesting. Justin, were you going to say something before I move on? I, I wasn't sure. I'll, I'll just add Micah Parsons in there. I think oh, yeah, he has baby. a, bit of a <laughs> bit of a diva attitude, but that Penn State defense has done extremely well over the last couple of years, and he's a huge part yeah. of that. He He's going to crush it on somebody's team like imagine him ending up on the Giants that defense will be top five instantly if they were able to get someone like Micah Parsons there and their defense was already solidified by probably a great free agency for them on defense this past offseason so finishing that solidification up would be I think a huge win for the Giants and a huge push for them to be in the playoff discussion for the NFC East Great. Yeah, Parsons is the best player in the draft, I think. he He's – I think he could play edge. I think he could play him at defensive end, outside linebacker, rush the passer. Um, people are going to be like, oh, is he like Simmons? No, he's way more physical. <laughs> no, he's better. Like yeah. the, Simmons was great at so many things, but the lack of physicality is giving him some problems early. Parsons is a, a tank. You can watch uh, Minnesota film. They have a right tackle, Daniel Falele, who is 400 pounds, and Parsons is just taking it to him in space, like taking on blocks. Um, he's he's so talented. I don't like. We obviously don't know what the details of whatever off the field stuff there is, but just as a talent, oh my god, like he's so good. <laughs> it may, yeah, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. All right, let's do this one. So starting QBs next year might be a little bit lopsided, a little bit weird. We don't really know what's going on. Uh, how many teams do we think are going to have a new starting quarterback? You don't have, you don't really need to give me a number, I guess, but you could just mention the ones that should have a new starting quarterback. We can go to you first, Justin. Yeah, I um, Adam Schefter said his over-under on new starting quarterbacks this season at week one was 18. I think that's... What? crazy yeah Schefter believes 18 quarterbacks would be on new teams that's like insider and, trading from that guy that's crazy that's crazy yeah I, I I don't buy it I think he's a bit hyped up I think <laughs> there's a lot of chatter because a lot of quarterbacks just don't seem happy but fact of the matter is I mean you're looking at probably Patriots and the Jets because neither of them really have a quarterback they can even begin to trust in <laughs> Um, Texans, obviously. The Jags will draft one. Um, The Raiders are interesting. I know there's been a lot of talk about how Derek Carr might not be the answer and Gruden might need to do something crazy. 
or else um, they're going to be, or he's going to be out of the water. So making a quarterback move might make sense for them. Um, Washington really has no quarterback answer yet. Uh, Dallas is going to keep Prescott. Outside of that, I mean, Detroit already has their new quarterback. Minnesota has been talking about um, trading Kirk Cousins to San Francisco, which I thought was an interesting story um, to read on. But other than that, like, there's people who are saying stuff like, oh, the Falcons are going to get rid of Matt Ryan or stuff like Daniel Jones being in trouble, Drew Locke being in trouble. I, I think people are just too interested in making up news and stories to really buy into this. So I'm expecting a small amount this year. Valid point. Marshall, you want to add or subtract any of those? You pretty much covered it. I, I mean, I, I think Schefter, I, I think he's very high with that number. Schefter is never baseless. He always, like, when he says something, there's a, it's always because someone's telling him something. I think it might be more um, a criticism of who's telling him that because, you know, Schefter's just not making this up. He's, yeah. like, the most well-sourced person in the league. So there's so many situations where, because, like, quarterback, only one guy can play. It's just so different from other positions, and it's so dependent on talent that it makes it it makes it hard to kind of identify. Like you might want a better one, but who are you going to get? Like you're picking 19. Yeah. So like a lot of these teams, I think Darnold's going to have a market because after the four quarterbacks go, like if I have a late one, if I'm the Colts, I'd give that up for Darnold. Like like I I would feel that our infrastructure is good enough to. Um, and like we can save him, so to speak, uh, because he's learned wow. a lot of bad habits with the Jets, but the Jets have also put absolutely nothing around him. So, uh, one one thing I will add one team for you, uh, Justin and Martian. I will say that I'm going to say this with a little catch here. So the Steelers, in my opinion, I, I recognize Roethlisberger is probably going to stay. However, the only reason why I'm saying that is because he's apparently offered to renegotiate his contract, mm. which I'm sure is engaging for them because. Yeah. $40 million for the, uh, I'm going to say, the crap show that is that is Ben Roethlisberger's past couple of years. I wouldn't do it. But yeah. um, depending on how much he can lower it and um, also depending on if he retires with Pouncey, I'm not really sure how he feels about that or if it's necessary. Man, but Pouncey sucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like it's, I, 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 th- I was like, oh, good player, good player in my head, in my head. I turn him on like towards the end of the season. I'm like, this guy's terrible. He's all, like, people only think he's good because of his name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it depends if he can get it. I, I personally think uh, this is the cir- circumstance that he's gone, in my opinion, is if Pouncey's out, which I think he already said he is, and uh, if there's no negotiation of contract, I think he's out. I, I, at least I think he should be out. I think he should be out no matter what. But um, whether it's Dwayne Haskins or, uh, you know, trading for a, a Freaking uh, Donald or or uh, Darnold, sorry, or uh, yeah, trade trade our one for Aaron Donald, <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, sorry, uh, or draft somebody who knows, or maybe JJ Watt will show up on the team yeah. and play with his brother, and he'll just be quarterback instead. Who knows? Um, that was a joke. Nobody nobody thought that was funny. Okay, let's... I believe that. I thought this was real life. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. All right, let's move on. I'm being idiotic. Okay, um. All right, let's just we'll do this one quick because then we'll get into the NBA to end our show. We'll we'll make those segments a little bit quick as well. Um, so the Saints, Justin brought this to my attention. They're still, you know, they want Winston in their plans and such. Drew Brees obviously done with his great Hall of Fame career. Would you have or do you think he will? Both questions have Winston start next year for the New Orleans Saints. Marshall, what's your take? Oh man. I don't know what Sean Payton's... I mean, he's playing, like... I think Sean Payton is in... Like, it's a little bit of, like, an ego trip where if you're so great at something, you kind of just, like, let me experiment with a player I know not... Like, everyone knows isn't good, so, like, if my (laughs) offense is good, it just, like, the credit goes to me. I think there's, like... uh, There's just a tiny bit of that because Payton's a genius. Payton's so smart. Um, I would keep him. Like, I I think, like, he's probably going to have been... If he's been a good soldier this year, which... By all accounts, it seems like he has. He has talent. He, like, the only thing is just, like, you got to get the decision-making down. I don't know how much that specifically can be fixed. That usually turns me off a little bit. In the, It depends what the exact problem is, but I, I'd keep him because, like, I, I think that 
the ceiling's high enough and the the surra- like he, the the Saints offensive line is just like so, they're the most talented offensive line in the NFL. I don't know if it like they're always the best, but like they can do a lot of things. So you have so much flexibility. And I think that Jameis I think that if he fits like the culture there, like you can you can work with him. He's not going to throw 30 picks again. Like the Arians offense was like designed for like cuz Jameis every time is going to throw like those like like the deep comeback late when it like uh, he before he hasn't had like that eye surgery. So hey, now we can see too. So <laughs> he's been playing blind. Apparently. I mean, if he wants 20 million dollars, like get out of here. Yeah. But like if you're willing to get like a reasonable deal from him, yeah, keep him. Jay. I honestly I do not buy into the Saints saying that Jameis Winston is going to start for their team next season. I do think it's going to be Taysom Hill. Interesting. And honestly, if I'm Jameis, I don't want to stay there. I had a, I had fun being there, but there are teams out there that are more needy at quarterback, in my opinion. I expect Jameis to go somewhere where he thinks he can compete for a starting job, and I think he deserves a starting job. Um, I know the interceptions were not great that one season, but I honestly think Jameis Winston has upside to put a lot of teams who are on the brink in the playoff contention. I I think teams like even the Panthers, for example, I'm not out on Teddy Bridgewater yet, but I definitely think Jameis Winston would add something to a team like that with DJ Moore and all of that jazz and Christian McCaffrey being healthy. I, I think teams like that, like the Panthers, the Vikings too, I would say with Justin Jefferson could really benefit from someone like Jameis Winston who has that strong arm. I I think he's an upgrade for a lot more teams in the league than people let on. Yeah. Agree. Respect to both of you for giving him respect. Well done. And you know, he has shaped up his attitude a little bit this year too. Maybe that's a Drew Brees. Interceptions aren't always a bad thing. People are just like, Oh, you're dumb. You're dumb. Like you might be reading (laughs) things wrong, but like, there is a fearlessness to, like, Favre didn't care about his stats. Clearly not. He didn't. But, like, when Favre was on, you're just done. Like, you can you can be the better team, and he his highs are so high that he can just beat you on a day that you should win, which is really valuable. Good point. All right, moving on to the NBA. This is it. We're getting, I guess, to the halfway point of this season. What was it, 72 games technically this season? So we're moving on. To that area, we'll, we'll get to, uh, the, we'll end the show with our starting lineups for the All-Star game. I thought that could be a little bit of fun. Um, but until then, the Nets have obviously acquired James Harden. So it's James Harden, as well as Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on that team. You know, they got Joe Harris, all these other guys, DeAndre Jordan and such. Uh, Schmidt, as Justin probably loves him. I love the guy as well. But how legit are the Nets? Uh, basically, uh, what is it? The 29th worst defense in the league, but the best offense in the league or something like that? I think I read something like that recently. But how do you take that? Will they do well or not, Justin? How about you give me where they're going to end this season? You know, like winning it all, not winning it all, blowing it. What do you think? The Nets will finish with the number three seed and make a second round exit, in my opinion. That, that defense is just too bad to be a championship team like you've got to figure out at some point and I think Kyrie's definitely out of his mind <laughs> at this point <laughs> in his career I, uh, between how he acts and how he plays it just doesn't correlate together at all like I've never seen someone act so poorly and yet also play so poorly I I think the Nets just tried to create a Super 3, but I don't think Kyrie is really in that Super 3, in my opinion. I'm not impressed at all by how he's been playing. I'm not impressed by how the Nets have been doing on defense. You need to have some kind of defense in order to be a championship team in this league, and they don't have it at all. I mean, those first two games against the Cavs was insane to watch the Cavs beat them twice. And, like, they're not a horrible team, but... For what the Nets should be, they're not it by any means. They also lost to the Wizards, I think, and both teams scored in the 140s, right? I think I think that was basically an all-star game uh, pretty recently. So it's interesting, Justin. I'll be totally honest with you. 
I thought me and you were going to disagree on this matter. I'm not sure why. I just had this feeling on the inside. But I completely agree with you. Uh, I, maybe it's a little bit of bias that, if I'm being honest, those are three of probably probably my top ten least favorite players in the league. And three of them are, are <laughs> on the same one. And I find that none of them can win by themselves, even though for some reason they think they all can. Um, I don't even think any of them can win with a duo, uh, even though they say they can. And I don't really count LeBron as a duo. That's, he's kind of a, an army in himself. But, uh, yeah, defense is miserable, and I don't think you can win games by everybody running isos. And I don't care what Harden's assist count looks like. It's skewed. He's a ball hog, to, in my opinion. So uh, I see them losing in the, in the second round as well. But, Marshall, you may disagree. Who knows? I was going to take your guys' side, but I've been thinking about James Harden, what he was like on the Thunder. And he was actually more of a high-effort player than I think people realize. I think that because he was in such control in Houston, I think he got complacent, and he got way too much power, and it went to his head, and he didn't do as many like team-oriented things. I wonder if being around Kevin Durant, just his old buddy, because you know the old saying, it's like pressure, what is it, either makes diamonds or it can break pipes? I th- yes. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's the saying. I think there is, like, a human element of, like, you guys are at a crossroads in your career. You've done this before. Not winning a title, but, like, you've had that infectious infectious energy before. And Casey's, or Katie is still recovering from that Achilles injury, which that's a pretty major injury. Team Fit-wise, it's not the best. Talent-wise, they can do it. I'm probably, like, just towing the, towing the line here and not really taking it aside. But I think I'm a little higher on them than you are just because of the potential of if they do buy in. If they don't buy in, it's not going to work. But, like, Harden has the physical ability to play defense. He just doesn't do it. So, <laughs> so like, I'm betting on something that for years I haven't seen, but, I mean, I'm not betting on them to win the title. Like, I, their odds are way too inflated. I, I, I kind of like Philadelphia. I think I was a year too early, or year too early on Philadelphia. And Bede's finally trying. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Justin, you're probably happy about him beat, huh? Kicking butt. As long as he can stay healthy for the entire season, I am probably the most optimistic I've ever been about the 76ers in my life. I mean, he was so, he, he was the guy you, you needed to just, like, somebody slap him in the face or somebody tell him to just stop eating burgers on the sidelines. Something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, all I can say is what I'm learning from this new Sixers team very quickly is that I was 100% correct in my estimate that Ben Simmons is definitely not the franchise player on that team. It's 100% Embiid, and I think there are honestly quite a few point guards in the league that could – have the Sixers where they are right now. I am very against Ben Simmons at this point. I, I could not agree with you more. I think ever since he's been on that team, I've I've opted to uh, inform you that you should inform them that he should be traded. But that's just been my take for, for uh, how many years has it been? Is this his third or fourth year in the league? I don't even know. Fourth year? Yeah, I, I said he should have been traded to the Lakers in that deal instead of Anthony Davis when they were offered it. Wow, they would have been so much worse, the Lakers, than <laughs> Anyway. We'll move on. Congratulations to your boys. I, I do see them in the Eastern Conference Finals, if not the Finals themselves. Okay, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the the Rockets questions, boys. Do you, do you care that much about that one? No. Uh, don't. Okay. Go for it. All right. This one. Also, I got. Yes. I I made a Christian Wood joke in our um, <laughs> oh boy in our fantasy basketball league, and I don't think people got the joke, and they were just like, "He's good. You don't know that he's good, and now he's good." But like, no one got the joke. So. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. He's. <laughs> That's funny. I'll just give you a spoiler. <laughs> I see him in the in the starting lineup for the All Star game. Actually, uh, so good player. That's Good my player. that's wow. my that's my hot take of the starting lineup. I only have one. It's nothing crazy. Um, I will say, a uh, part time guest Sam Keith was one hundred percent on Christian Wood this season. He was. He yes. was. He, he, I will. I will ride that until until something that he was definitely the first person to bring that up to me. Uh, and, and be adamant about it. And he was certainly not wrong uh, at all, actually. Uh, and okay, doesn't matter. Let's move on. So uh, the Pelicans, are they wasting Zion's talent? We can make this brief. I'll just give a brief thing. I don't think Brandon Ingram should be on the same team as Zion. I, I think he wastes a lot of touches. I know Brandon Ingram's good at basketball. I will never say Brandon Ingram is not good at basketball. The difference is 
I find that he's kind of, you know, like, he's an ISO type guy. He's kind of like Kevin Durant in the way that he plays. And in my opinion, the Pelicans on almost every possession should just be giving Zion the ball around the free throw line and backing up. I, I don't know why he, he, touch, he doesn't touch it as much. Um, at least that's my opinion. I think Brandon Ingram takes too much shots, so I think they're wasting his talent. That's my take. Justin, you can go. Yeah, I, I think Zion um, is being wasted in New Orleans, and I just think they'll never get the prospects they need to give Zion what he needs in order to be on a top team. I'm just, I'm very out on the Pelicans right now. I feel like I'm watching Anthony Davis all over again. Yeah, poor guy. I almost wish Anthony Davis was a stay with Zion. Man, that would have been fun to watch. God, that would have been cool. Uh, anyway, Marshall. Yeah, I'm I'm a little lower on the Pelicans, at least for this season. I think they have some potential going forward. <sighs> Zion, I like Zion just has a football player's body. Like Zion is a football <laughs> player playing basketball. Like he's got to he's got to stay in a sauna to get himself down to 285. He, like <laughs> like Zion is a football player playing basketball. <laughs> Like he's got to he's got to stay in a sauna to get himself down to 285. He like he should be like like Derek Brown, like a bigger Derek Brown. <laughs> like you give him some burgers. Like there's a lot of Barkley comparisons in him too, except he's football version Barkley playing basketball. So I wonder how his body's gonna heal up or hold up over time. It's just a lot of force. It's when guys have those types of bodies, it it can be a little tricky. He's always gonna be a good player. I was super high on him coming out, but. I, I am thinking about that a little more. I think it's like it's like Embiid, but he's like thickness to the moon <laughs> level of Embiid. So like, I don't know. Fo- football players understand like uh, Zion's a lineman, really, but he's he's just like the most ridiculous athlete. Yeah, and it's, I don't, I don't know. think about Zion playing tight end. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I I remember talking to someone, um, and they're and I asked them, Zion's never played football. If he was in the draft, where would you take him? And they were like second, early second round. <laughs> and I'm like, I might, yeah, like actually, like that's crazy. He's, he's such, he's a ridiculous athlete. I, I do. Him and DK Metcalf together. Oh my god, that'd be nuts. I don't know. I wish, I just wish he was the main guy. And I know he kind of is the main guy in that team. But man, Brandon Ingram. Every time I watch those games, it kind of pisses me off. When, when, I don't know. It, maybe that's just me being annoying. But uh, who cares <laughs> about my opinion? Let's go. Okay, this is a trade that I noticed is a possibility, whether or not it's accurate. Who knows? But um, J.J. Redick and Lonzo Ball to the Warriors for the, at least in my opinion, the horrible, horrible, horribly overrated Kelly Oubre. Um, I mean, I'd take that trade if that was really a thing. I think it actually is a thing. Uh, The J.J. Redick part is the one that's like people aren't necessarily sure about, but the Lonzo Ball one, uh, for Ubre is a, is a serious conversation, I think. Um, and honestly, even if there was no money or picks involved whatsoever, I would still do that if I was the Warriors. I think Kelly Ubre is uh, potentially losing games for the Warriors uh, and, and really putting Steph Curry to shame. But uh, Marshall, your take? Ubre is a guy who, if you watch him like with a few dunks, you're like, wow, what a great. <laughs> player athlete i wonder what he's good at besides not not that much i don't like i don't know why this this trade doesn't make sense to me i i think lonzo has at least some promise i know there's flaws in lonzo's game but like i'd rather have him over Ubre easily well it's interesting people have been saying at least what i've been reading is that they're saying well you know the warriors need more help and shooting it can't just be steph and lonzo doesn't help that much well kelly Ubre. Am I correct me if I'm wrong? He has like the second worst three point percentage in the league, and and yet he takes like yeah a trillion threes a game. I can't believe it. Uh, but but Justin, you're, you go on. Yeah, I don't think we want um, super mega discount off brand Ben Simmons shooting three pointer dude <laughs> on the team. Um, I don't see, honestly, I especially don't see the J.J. Redick part. As the uh, J.J. Redick whisperer, I can confirm that he definitely would rather be closer to his family, which is in Brooklyn. Um, so I know there's definitely been talks with the Nets, Celtics, and even a reunion with the Sixers as uh, more possible destinations for J.J. Redick. Not having a great year, but could definitely add some good depth 
to any of those teams at this point. I just don't see him fitting in on the Warriors, nor do I see him being happy there. I think he'd play even worse than how he currently is. Fair. I like that you're the whisperer. Congratulations. All right. Let's wrap up the show a little bit. We'll just do these uh, quick picks here. So, Rookie of the Year and MVP, if you have them, for the NBA as we're kind of getting close to the halfway point. Basically right around there. I think we're about a week and a half out or something, maybe a couple weeks. Um, yeah, you can just give me your, your names. You don't need to explain unless you'd like to. Um, Justin, do you already have it? Would you like to go first? Yeah, I got you. Oh. Uh, Melo is uh, Rookie of the Year, and Jokic is MVP. Dang it. I'm going to have to – I don't want to say the same thing. Marshall, do you want to go next? <laughs> yeah, I'll go Melo for Rookie of the Year for MVP. I'll go Embiid right now. I know that Jokic probably has – the better stats, but I think it, what Embiid's done, uh, just as a presence, I, th- I would take that in, in the fact that they're the one seed. I would also go Mellow, although I do believe if Wiseman had Mellow's uh, minutes, he would be, at least in my opinion. Uh, well, okay, he wouldn't be, but I think he'd be the better player for the team. Um, and in terms of MVP, I was I was been bouncing around between Embiid, Jokic, and uh, Steph Curry, actually, I think has been a little bit of an underdog in that realm. But I will I will send it with Embiid if he can keep playing at the at what he's been playing at. Uh, but Jokic is definitely not a bad option, Justin. So, okay, let's do this. I think this would be kind of cool. The starting lineups for the All Star Game. Uh, I was thinking about actually putting in my votes today on that. Thought that'd be fun, but it kind of takes a long time to <laughs> to actually go through all the voting and stuff because you have to do reserves or whatever. Or actually, I don't know if you have to do that, but. Um, I can give you guys mine first. So for the West side, for the NBA, I have Curry, Lillard, Jokic, James, LeBron James, that is, and Christian Wood. That is my hot take down there. And in the East, got James Harden, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Embiid, and Antetokounmpo. Those are my five starting for each side. Uh, Justin, would you like to heavily disagree or give your own takes? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give my uh, take. I'll, I'll say I already submitted my vote. I always <laughs> like to vote for my uh, fantasy basketball players. Uh, this isn't that lineup. This is uh, what I actually think. I I like giving them some credit for what they do for my team sometimes. But um, as far as the West goes, I got Jokic, James, and Leonard. And guards are Donkic and Lillard. And then the East, I've got Giannis. And Bede and Durant on the front court, and then I have Bradley Beal, and I threw another shout out to my boy Zach Levine, uh, doing a great job this season. He's a real hero for the for the franchise over in fantasy basketball for me. Oh, he's your boy now, huh? That's I'm happy for you. Nah, he is. He's playing real well. Congratulations, Marshall. You got go for it. I think I've got the exact same one for the West as Justin, and then I've got Beal, Durant, and Bede. Ah, who else did I have? I know my point guard was different. I, I I was thinking about this in the car and I did not write this down. But I just I, 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 had, I had almost everyone that Justin had except the point guard was different. Okay, did you have James Harden, Kyrie Irving? Uh... I didn't have Harden. I didn't have Irving. Yeah, Irving's on my fantasy team, and I've the way that we do it is we lock every week so people can't just like put random players in roster spots. I've had Kyrie Irving locked into my lineup like pretty much the whole time that he was out so and carl anthony towns is missing time so i'm not doing well uh, but uh i think i was uh, i i think i picked trey young oh okay yeah i think it was young but you did have the greek freak in there justin was asking yes yes i yes absolutely <laughs> had the greek freak okay yeah, but i think young was my point guard fair fair uh, justin i don't know why i i must have missed uh Doncic on the sheet I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, I must have just like I must have clicked the wrong button or just not seen him because when you said his name, I was like, oh yeah, that's an obvious pick. And then I looked at my screen and I was like, where the hell is he? So um, I don't know what I did. I'll have to recheck. Maybe it was a, a Steph Curry thing, or maybe I don't know. Was it a Christian Wood? Maybe that's where the issue came in. Um, who knows? But yes, you're definitely right. Um, okay, N- nonetheless, um, that will do it. For us, this has been Q Hot Takes. I love being back with you guys. Um, oh, Justin, I actually had a funny thing to tell you. Um, I remember back, I think this was a couple of years ago, that you mentioned you watched, like, The Bachelorette with your family, and we all laughed at you and made fun of you. Um, of course. I've been watching this whole season of Bachelorette. Dude, I am going to tell you right now, 
I've been watching The Bachelor. And um, that's all I have to say. You can make fun of me at a later date for making fun of you. But I am all caught up. We could talk about it whenever you'd like. I have my opinions. My parents are embarrassed by it, and I understand why they are. But I do it anyway. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. We should have done a fantasy bachelor league. Yeah, all right. That's a little bit too far for me, dog. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, all right, this has been Q with Hot Takes. This has been an absolute blast. We'll come back next week, Wednesday, obviously. Um, Simply Sports is going to have a YouTube video coming out soon for Andrew Marshall. We'll have our podcast out on Spotify as well as Apple. And, yeah, that's it. It's a great day to be alive, and go dogs. Go Bills, Go baby. hashtag sign JT. Welcome back to the Bills. All right, sweet dreams, everybody.